Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, pro wrestling fans? It is Working the Marks here on Block Talk Radio. We want to thank you all for joining us here for wherever and however you may be doing so on this, the 18th of June, at the midway point of 2022, folks. A special announcement coming at the end of the show uh, about the mid-year uh, show that we'll have coming up next week. You don't definitely stick around for that one. But I am New Jersey's premier journalist, Fernando Uribe, and he is New Jersey's premier wrestling analyst, the great PBR, Patrick Vincent Rivera. What's going on, PBR? Man, you just keep putting my government out there all the time. You've got to stop, man. I'm trying to, like, you know, get rid of this. Folks, don't listen to me. It's fake news. That's not my real name. That's not my government name. All right? Now, you know, stop putting the full name out. But anyways, um... I'm good, man. Hanging in there. Been a crazy week of stuff uh, in, in the world of wrestling. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, to talk this week. Absolutely. And, folks, again, if you wish to write to the professor and PBR here on Working the March, shoot us an email at our inbox, workingthemarks at gmail.com. Once again, workingthemarks at gmail.com. We'd love to get emails. We want to hear what you have to say, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, anything we haven't talked about that you'd like to hear it. Hey, do me a favor. Write to us once again, workingthemarks at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at working underscore the underscore marks. And, of course, on Twitter at working underscore marks. And check out our own Instagrams at Patty Reekin. That's P-A-D-D-Y-R-I-C-A-N. Again, uh, shout out to, uh, you know, PBR because of a, Puerto Rican Independence uh, Day recently, the Puerto Rican Day Parade in New York. Apparently, a lot of Puerto Rican Independence in Day. Well, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I don't know. It's like some reason. The for Puerto, Puerto Rican Day Parade. Or... Yeah, there you go. The Puerto Rican Day Parade. In, yeah. Where you walk in and you leave pregnant. I mean, that's those are sort of the numbers and percentages we get there. Um, and then certainly you can check out my own Instagram at No Filter Uribe. Also, that's the same handle on Twitter for me. And folks. 
make sure you check out all episodes of Working the Marks at blogtalkradio.com slash working the marks. Share it. It takes two seconds, folks. Sharing is caring, and it goes a long way in helping out the dream team of pro wrestling slash sports entertainment commentary. Nobody does it better in the Garden State than the professor and PDR here on Working the Marks. Uh, Pat, let's get right to it here. Kind of a slow news week in professional wrestling, huh? But uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in any event, um, biggest news of the week thus far. I mean, we'll talk about Raw and Dynamite and SmackDown and the ratings and what they all represent. But certainly the biggest news this week, Pat, uh, was uh, you know, Vince McMahon stepping down temporarily um, you know, as the CEO and chairman of World Wrestling Entertainment. Right now, the interim, it's funny how the word interim is like so prevalent now this June, right? Uh, the interim yeah. CEO is his daughter, Stephanie, which is kind of funny because, you know, just a few short, short weeks ago, Marks and all these pro wrestling journalists allegedly were saying, well, Stephanie was taking time off because she wasn't doing a good job as the CEO, the chief brand officer for WWE. I think those are just Marks getting into a frenzy. I think she really legitimately wanted to take time to spend with family. That, those were her reasons to step aside. And, well, because of what happened this week and, and the development, she, she got thrust right into the corporate structure again. She's the interim CEO as the board of directors continue an investigation into Vince McMahon. Apparently, some indiscretions that Vince McMahon has had in recent years where uh, NDAs were signed, non-disclosure agreements, and also some hush money was issued to keep certain ladies quiet. Um, he wouldn't be the first billionaire to have indiscretions while being married, Pat. I'm sure he won't be the last, but uh, break this down for us about what you've read from probably the most, some of the most reliable sources out there. Um, I mean, from what I understand, Vince is just stepping down just until the investigation's done. I don't think there's anything too crazy. I think Nick Khan's kind of just seeing if anybody else knows where the rest of the bodies are. Uh, Bill, Billy Body, as we put over plenty of times on this show, is the most reliable news source out there. And, you know, he's a guy that, um, you know, has basically kind of reported the same exact thing where, you know, Khan's kind of just seeing what the deal is, seeing what they could do. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, WWE's cleaning house and WWE's, like, fixing their image and taking care of all the things that they want to do because ultimately they want to sell the product. They want to sell the brand. Um, you know, the McMahons have worked very hard to get it to this point. And, you know, eventually they want to cash in and they want to be good for the rest of their lives. I don't know if they want to continue doing this thing forever. Um, but Nick Khan, you know, is kind of just seeing what the deal is, surveying the landscape, kind of figuring out what to do. Vince is pretty much still in charge, still running things anyway. It's just he's not, you know, tending to the corporate responsibilities, you know, but uh, he's still backstage. He's still doing what he has to do. He's still being Vince. He's still in Gorilla, you know. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I mean, look, you know, for fans who who didn't really watch wrestling in the 80s or the 90s or don't really remember, you know, any of the scandals or any of the rumors of the scandals back in the day, you know, this is this is nothing for Vince. This is a walk in the park for Vince. Um, you know, I think ultimately they're going to find out that it was Vince's money. We don't know. I mean, I think that's really the only issue here. It's, you know, misappropriation of funds. But that's about it. That's really it. So, um, you know, and Stephanie's Pat, doing the thing. And, 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 Pat, and, Pat, by the way, let, let's also put over the fact that 
brilliant event to just come out last night, no sell it, just welcome everybody to SmackDown. As I suspect, we talked about it off the air yesterday. Mm-hmm. I anticipated then, you know, once news broke yesterday around noontime, Eastern time, that, you know, Vince was going to kick off SmackDown last night at 8 p.m., you know, that just worked the marks into a frenzy. And it was like, oh, what's he going to do? What's he... And I remember talking to you, talking to a few people on group chats, and I just said, Vince is going to come out. He's going to welcome everybody to SmackDown. He might just be like, everybody enjoy this. Something to that effect, like no selling this entire corporate controversy. And sure enough, what happened last night? He got a pop in Minneapolis, which let's be fair, a bit of a marked town, right, in the Midwest, right, or the central part of the country, excuse me. Bit of a marked town. They, 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 they loved it. They, as soon as you heard no chance on, on, on the speakers, people loved it. They cheered on Vince. He came in. And, you know, very, you know, not even two minutes. Came out there, walked, out, walked back to Gorilla, shook some hands, and that's it. And I, and I looked at my group chat and I said, what did I call? Didn't I say he was in the middle of this? And sure enough, that's what Vincent Kennedy McMahon did. Something looked different about him yesterday, you know. Um, I don't know. Something just looked different about him. You know, he... It's it's really crazy, but, like, you know, finally his age is really starting to show, you know, because for so long, I think, we've all envisioned him as, you know, the announcer that he was in the 80s and, you know, Mr. McMahon, you know, uh, and, and really that Mr. McMahon character, that persona kind of stuck with people. So it was, you know, I mean, I've seen Vince recently a few times, but uh, yesterday, I don't know, he just looked different, you know. He looked different. He looked older, finally, I think. So, uh, well, you know, again, I don't, I don't really think much is going to come of this. It's not like they could take the company away from him. You know, yeah. if anything, this would be a bit of a PR problem. They might, you know, lose out on certain things. But at the end of the day, they're a proven commodity. So people are just going to either get over it and, you know, get other partners. You know, regardless, the wheels are going to keep turning, you know. Well, let's also do rumor something. And again, I'm, again, I'm not an economics or business professor, but what I've read about corporate structures and just some courses I've taken over the years, especially in grad school, you know, Vince is a smart businessman. And did, did you think for a second, folks, that when he took the company public in 2000 and I think three-ish, maybe four, that Vince wasn't going to sort of isolate, excuse me, insulate himself a little bit to where a he'd have the majority of shares. B, yes, as a board of directors, and C, yeah, the board of directors can only do so much. They can't get rid of him because, again, he has the majority of shares, and that's where we stand right now. Now, again, as a shareholder, Patrick, I mean, I'm a little annoyed that, I mean, I hope this doesn't dip the stock more. Not that it's not dipping already, but, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, a shareholder should be making a little bit more money on these on these shares, folks, considering that the company is so profitable. But that's that's a great for another show of mine. But uh, it just seems like you're right. Vince is not going anywhere. He's still going to be in creative. He's still backstage in Gorilla. But Stephanie now, who apparently was going to be home, taking a hiatus, right, to look after family. I mean, let's be honest, folks. I'm not a medical doctor, but, I mean, what Paul Levesque underwent earlier this year was serious stuff. I don't think people realize that when you have a pacemaker inserted into you, okay, your quality of life changes significantly. You have to be even more stringent with the diet. You have to be even more vigilant about your blood pressure, your stress. So this is something that, you know, as a wife, 
you have to look after when it comes to your husband. So that family dynamic is affected. You know, she wanted to take time off. That's not going to be the case right now. We'll see how long this, this investigation goes by the board of directors. But it just seems that, like, the Marks were relishing in Vince being under the microscope, getting all this scrutiny. And, and we'll talk, you know, a little bit more later about why this is an odd story, per se, when it comes to the fandom of Vince McMahon, Pat. But it just seems like the Marks were all going stir-crazy, like, oh, maybe this is what really ultimately dooms Vince. No, it's not going to doom Vince. It's going to, it might, as you said, take a PR hit. Maybe some sponsors might get upset. They're like, oh, this is what Vince is being accused of. We haven't seen the investigation. Let's be honest, Pat. I mean, how many times does the court of public opinion tend to win out before, you know, facts and, you know, logic coming to the conversation? Well, look at Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's the prime example. You know, everybody vilified Johnny Depp. For how long, you know, and then he, he took her to court and look at everything in, in the long run. You know what I mean? Everybody, I mean, the, pe- the same people that were criticizing Johnny Depp were defending him now. You know what I mean? So it's interesting how things change. But, yeah, to your point, you know, court of public opinion is a little bit, uh, a little bit extreme, a little intense at times. Um, and, you know, fans, fans have this just, they have this very strange relationship with Vince. It's like a love-hate-love love thing. It's really, really weird. And uh, at the end of the day, whether I might like the program or not, like, like Tony Khan, for example, you know, anybody who listens to this program knows I'm not the biggest AEW guy, right? But I don't wish any ill will on Tony Khan. I don't want Tony Khan to go to jail. I don't want anything to happen to him. You know what I'm saying? He's a person. Like, you know, who cares? Like, you know, I just don't like what he's doing. And I think, uh, you know, you get a good percentage of the marks that just have this really deep-rooted hatred for Vince. And, 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 and I can't really understand why. I can't, you know, because it's like, take a look at most of your wardrobe that you got. Take a look at most of your gimmicks that you got at, at home. They're all Vince properties. You know what I mean? They're all Vince, Vince's intellectual property. So, I don't know. I, I just find it incredibly strange that, that fans have this, this, this really – unusual relationship with Vince and, and, and are wishing ill will on him at this time. Yeah, it, it just, it, it's just, again, it, it's, it reminds us how short-sighted fans can be, and especially for the, this love-hate relationship that they have. I mean, they're almost like emotional cutters at this point when it comes to this. <laughs> yeah. It really is yeah. kind of crazy. But let's move on to the rest of the news this week here. More on Vince later. Uh, let's switch over to AEW. Uh, you know, listen, uh, Forbidden Door first time in the company's history they're having back-to-back pay-per-views um you know ain't all elite wrestling but i'll tell you something pat for as much as this week's dynamite was really being plugged you saw it during the nhl playoffs you saw it during the week obviously on, on tnt right there's a lot of premieres coming up this summer on tnt shows you know original programming you know dynamite did a 761,000 rating this week and just for our fans, let me just give you some numbers that puts in perspective why this is alarming. Okay, folks, a year ago, basically today, on June the 18th, Dynamite had 551,000 viewers. Now, again, this was – and there's some variables here. Uh, if you remember, the NBA season was a little bit longer. It went into July. You still had the conference finals on TNT. You know, those are things that really – 
hurt Dynamite, per se, aside from the booking overall. But those are some variables just to put the, these numbers in perspective. But what you saw for the rest of 2021, you saw it bump up to eight, you know, 883,000, up to over a million last July. It stayed at over a million for literally the entire month of July. Uh, you saw it peak at about uh, 1.27 last September 22nd. Coincidentally, the Grand Slam show at the Arthur Ashe Stadium Center in Flushing, Queens. And then it was hovering, you know, around a million, dipped back down um, to 575,000 on October 23rd. Again, the baseball playoffs, you know, the league championship series, if you remember, on CBS. Okay, you know, those were, those were big things. And then it kind of went up again, back to a million, back to it – it, it kept hovering around 900 – mid-900s for almost all of 2022. I mean, the highest it got this year was – 1.129 on February the 9th, but it's been right around 900,000. But that was a really big dip from June 8th on 939,000 to this number. And again, Forbidden Door is next Sunday with a start time, I believe, of 7 p.m., which kind of makes you think, oh, this might be a long pay-per-view. And we'll get into it next week when we preview it here on Working the Marks. But it's really disappointing. You had Jericho versus Ortiz in the opening match, hair versus hair. You had Tanahashi. I mean, excuse me. You had you know the fallout of you know Tanahashi and, and Moxley with a face-off. Obviously, you had you know Will Osprey defeating Dax Harwood in what I would call the match of the night. Great workers. Then Orange Cassidy comes out, which does nothing. I mean, Pat, this is alarming. This is a seven hundred sixty-one thousand rating for a show that needs to get interest going for Forbidden Door. And I love New Japan. I mean, obviously, you're an aficionado. I don't watch it as much as you do. I watch it more because of Access TV now on, on, on Thursday nights after Impact Wrestling. But this is an alarming number for, if you're AEW. Absolutely. Um, I mean, they showcased everything that this show is going to be about. Um, you know, and, and they really went full-court press with it. But, I mean, you know... It's more of the same old stuff with them. You know, they, they book this stuff and they present this stuff to the people that watch Being the Elite, to the people that get all the, like, the little inside jokes and all the other stuff. Like, they don't, they don't produce video packages. So nobody really knows, like, what's going on. You know, like, everybody this week was talking about Christian Cage turning on Jungle Boy, right? Like, that was a big deal. It's not a big deal. Because they haven't done anything with Christian and Jungle Boy. There hasn't been any compelling television. There hasn't been any, been any, been any good backstage segments where Christian's mentoring Jungle Boy, talking to him. There's no setup. There's nothing. You just know that they're in a group together, and Christian turned on him. So now, hopefully, because Christian's a good talker, he's going to try and squeeze something out of this. But it has no meaning. It's just a match for a match's sake, you know? Like, it's just, a, it's just a turn just to have a turn because, well, what, what else could we do? But there's no build to it. Jungle Boy hasn't had a personality. He's not an endearing character. People just like his theme song and that he has a giant lizard next to him. And he's Luke Perry's kid. That's it. That's the appeal to the guy. You know what I mean? Like, so th this, this could be so much more if they did more, if they had, you know, better storytelling style vignettes. I mean, you know, a lot of people like to criticize WWE for this stuff, but, like, this is why you get invested. You know what I mean? If you didn't have all those movies leading up to Endgame, you wouldn't care that Iron Man died at the end. 
If he just appeared in Endgame, it'd just be like, whatever, you know? And that's kind of what it is, you know? It's, it's basically bringing in this big character at the end with no background and nobody knows what's going on. So, you know, AEW does this stuff. There, there's no video packages for Tanahashi. How is a casual, somebody who's just flicking channels, somebody who maybe, you know, used to watch wrestling years ago but, you know, fell out of it or maybe got into MMA, how are you going to pull those people in if they see this guy but there's no background on him? There's no videos. You just know he's a good wrestler. That's not enough. That's not a sell. That's not enough for me to want to reach into my pocket and pay my hard-earned money when, let's face it, you know, every dollar, it's, it's, it's important nowadays more so than before. Okay, how am I going to do that or how am I going to take the time to illegally stream this if, you know, I have no interest in this? You know what I mean? And that's the thing. There's no video packages. There's no build. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Their audience, their built-in audience, they care. And, and you know what? Um, I know we talked about punk a lot last week, but you look at this drop in the rating Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You kind of want to say that Punk has something to do with that. You know, Punk not being there has something to do because even though he's not as big as he could be right now, and even though he's not, you know, as big as, he thinks he is, I think, in the grand scheme of things, in the business. Um, he's still somebody who has a big fan base and people that are going to tune in to watch him. And that's the thing. Excuse me. No, so, absolutely. And, you know, absolutely. And, again, this is, this is what's really alarming, I think, about – because, you know, obviously after um, Orange Cassidy came out and it was announced he's challenging Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. I mean, I remember, you know, just because I like to boil a piss – I decided to go on some of the wrestling groups that I'm a member of on Facebook and also some other things on Twitter and just opine where, like, uh-oh, here comes the charisma vacuum of Orange Cassidy. Like, this isn't going to move the needle. This is not going to be compelling. Like, why uh, are we putting someone like Will Ospreay, who is an accomplished worker, with someone like Orange Cassidy? It's mind-blowing to me. And, and, and the marks... That defend AEW like, you know, pilgrims defending turkeys on Thanksgiving were just triggered with, oh, what's wrong with Orange Cassidy? You know, he, he's, you know, he hasn't been prominently featured. Well, there's a reason because he's boring. And I don't understand. And I said this the other day. I, listen, you, I like what I like. You like what you like. I get all that. I'm not going to convince someone to like what I like no matter how hard I try because wrestling fans are very, very tribal. I think we've learned that. Right. Even Politics, sports, comic books, TV, whatever, people are tribal. But 
it's it's to the level of, of almost alarming that you can't talk to a wrestling fan, you know, specifically an AEW fan, and even be remotely critical because their immediate response is, well, if you don't like it, then don't watch. No, that shouldn't be the answer. Mm-hmm. That should not be that should not yeah. be the automatic prompt for someone to say because if I'm offering, listen, if I'm just being malicious and just defecating on the product without any viable criticisms or things that I can point out that are legitimate, then that's a different story. But I'm legitimately pointing out this this guy doesn't draw. I haven't again. I don't have access to numbers when it comes to merch or anything. But like that pop is very very minimal. And for someone like Will Osprey, who again is an accomplished worker, and again Tony Khan's a little limited here. In, like who could you put in a match for the U.S. title on that roster? I'm sorry, you don't push Orange Cassidy. You signed people like Keith Lee. You signed people like others to you know bring in because you think that they're viable talents. Great. Use them. Orange Cassidy doesn't draw anything. He doesn't. And it's funny to me that AEW fans are just willing to die on this hill about, well, you know, Tony Khan's trying to know. Tony Khan's booking what he likes as opposed to, as you've always said on this show, as opposed to what is good for business and what is going to make money. I'm sorry. Next week when I watch Forbidden Door, that's a bathroom break match. I might go to the kitchen, pour myself an IPA or a Guinness, and really let it marinate in my glass for a few minutes. Because, and again, it's I love Will Ospreay, but it's this match, stuff like this is why Dynamite doesn't draw. And I and you're right about Punk not being on the this week on the show. That definitely had a reason to do with that rating. But the matches, other than Harwood and Osprey, they weren't good matches. They just weren't. And I think I wish AEW fans would just sort of accept the fact that okay, the ratings are down because the product isn't good. I don't know. You're still with us here. Uh, we seem to be having some technical difficulties with Pat. Hello, hello. Can you? Hello. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, hello. You're still, Sorry. Yeah, you're still, yes. I'm here. Okay. So, um, even the Osprey Harwood match, right? Like, that match right there, that's a good match. But the problem is, is nobody knows who the fuck Will Ospreay is. Nobody knows. If you don't watch New Japan, you don't know who he is. So, again, if you're a casual, you see this guy, he comes out, everybody's, oh, you know, this big deal. You don't know who he is. There's no video package ready. There's nothing there for people to see and go, gee, this is interesting. There's no build. You know what I'm saying? There's a, was there even a backstage promo where, like, Harwood's like, hey, I think I'm one of the best wrestlers in the world. Will Ospreay, you're one of the best wrestlers in the world. Let's see what I got, you know? Let's see what you got, you know? Mm-mm. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You know what I'm saying? And that's a problem. That's a problem. Again, they, they think that, that just the indie wrestling and, and the high spots and all this stuff is just, like, just the wrestling is going to be enough. You need to tell a story. You need to tell the story. You need to get people invested. You need to get people invested. And this is a problem. This is a problem because for as good as some of the wrestling might be, the storytelling, the characters, it's not there. It's not there. And the people that they should be pushing, mm-hmm. they aren't pushing. Mm-hmm. Cassidy, for example, right? I get he's one of their guys. That's fine. But, I mean, like, you're putting this guy against Will Ospreay who's one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Why isn't he wrestling Brian Danielson? Why isn't he wrestling Pac? Why isn't he wrestling somebody else? You know, like somebody better. Why Orange Cassidy? You know what I mean? 
like Orange, he comes from a good background. He trained in Shikara. I respect that, all that good stuff. But, like, dude, it's not believable. And even so, there's no TV. Like, you could say what, you know, they could do that. WWE could do that with R-Truth. You know why? Because there's always TV with R-Truth. And even if you don't like it, those vignettes, those segments, they add up over time. So when he's out there, he's going to get a pop, and people are going to remember him from what's yeah. been going on in his, in his, you know, his, his backstage segment. There's none of that with Cassidy. No, absolutely. And again, you know, it, we've talked about this on the program a lot, where Tony Khan is really myopic when it comes to how to grow the product. Case in point, listen, it's 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 a New Japan AEW uh, split show coming up next Sunday in Chicago. You know what? What are some one of the biggest pillars from New Japan back in the day? He just announced last. I don't know if you read this. Maybe I'm sure you did. He just announced last week that he's that is retired that he's retiring. There's a handful of matches that he's still going to be doing. You know what? Why don't you get a big name to make an appearance in Chicago? You know what I'm talking about? The Great Muda. Great, great Muda announced this past yep. week. The Great Muda just announced this past week that he's ending his career after I think a thirty-something year career. He's been an amazing worker, a Hall of Famer, a guy who's iconic in Japan. Hey, fly him over to Chicago. Have him show up to Forbidden Door. Announce he's going to be there. Because the great Muda is a guy that transcends decades in pro wrestling, from his early years in world-class championship wrestling in Dallas, Texas, to then joining the NWA slash WCW, to going back to Japan. Like, this is a name that even... Yeah. Casual fans are going to know. Bring that guy over. Generate interest. Because to the casual fan, if you're not invested in New Japan like you are, guess what? You're not going to know some of these names, these great workers. But again, Tony Khan, and you said it perfectly, Tony Khan just thinks that this indie crowd, that in this niche audience, that's enough to move the needle in ratings. Clearly, it's not. And I'll bet you anything, if Tony Khan's being... Intellectually honest here, he's got to sit down and look at production for this Wednesday. It's the go-home show for Forbidden Door. This better be good. And you know what? He's not going to do that. He's not going to be doing some mainstream stuff to bring people into the product. And again, say what you want about WWE, folks. You know, Vince over the years has done that. These segments matter in the background. These, these interviews, they matter. These little video packages, they matter. You know, again, as an academic, a synopsis material matters it's how you capture an audience and it's just funny because you know you're seeing this awful dynamite rating where again they've been hovering around the you know the late 900,000s again they only peaked 1 million twice this year again it's only 6 months in but only I'm sorry 3 times this year I mean it's crazy it's really really crazy and you would think that going into Forbidden Door they've made such a big deal about this crossover pay-per-view Right, because you're thinking, okay, maybe this is something that they want to build on for the future. It doesn't look right now, Pat, as if this is going to have a good marination. No, not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not convinced. And it's, it's SOS with Tony, same old shit. You know, he keeps making the same mistakes over and over and over again, and he keeps throwing different things, different stars, different stuff, all on top of it. But none of it's going to make a difference. None of it. It's too late already. Like, he has to change this entire thing if he wants it to succeed. And again, they'll get their little blips in the radar here and there, but overall, nobody's invested, you know? 
Yep. Like mm-hmm. when you don't have steady main eventers every week and, and all your main events fluctuate week to week, that's a problem. Because how am I supposed to get invested in these characters? How am I supposed to feel that this person's important? You know, again, it's 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 something that's specifically marketed to marks, and that's all it's going to be. It's a niche mark product. It's not yep. going to succeed if they continue to do that. They need to expand, and they need to become a TV program. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of TV, uh, early in the week, Pat, uh, the raw rating came in at 1.7 million viewers. That's about the norm that we've come to expect with raw, 1.7, 1.8. That's around where it hovers, you know. Obviously, after big pay-per-views, you see, you know, a bump up maybe over two. You start out the day after WrestleMania at the two-day Mania in Dallas this year. Uh, a good raw overall, I mean, again, there were some things that maybe I didn't care for, but, you know, overall, good matches. Uh, you're really pushing Riddle. Um, you're really pushing Asuka and Becky and this Bianca, you know, match as Money the Bank approaches. You know, and it's really interesting because for as much as, you know, there are some characters on that show that maybe we don't care for, they sell, okay? They, they sell merch. We were just talking about off the air this week. Um, you know, the Money in the Bank qualifying matches for the women. You know, one of them happened to be Alexa Bliss. Well, guess what? For, for as much as people might say, well, you know, who's really selling the merch? Who's rocking out? Yeah, it's Roman Reigns, and we'll, we'll get to Roman in a little bit. But Alexa Bliss, still very profitable for WWE, okay? RK Bro, that those are still very profitable things. It's, it's really funny where people have found a way to just defecate on Raw but it's still, for the most part, decent, if not above average. And I think Marks, again, it's that tribalism that doesn't allow them to be objective. Raw is raw. Raw, raw is what it's going to be to a certain segment of the audience. There are some things that are not for me, but I get it. Vince isn't catering to me or to you. But it's working. It's making money. It's drawing in a 1.7, 1.8 rating. And let's be honest, with the NBA Finals, with baseball, Okay, especially here in the New York area, Pat, where both New York teams seem to be headed on a collision course in October towards each other. I mean, there are different things on television, but guess what? A 1.7 rating, that's pretty good, all things considered. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, look, uh, I think you and I have the objectivity where we can watch these programs and we can take them for what they are. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I think that most marks automatically go into Mondays thinking, oh, God, this is going to suck, or this is horrible, and they don't even give the show a chance. They don't even give the show a chance. Um, you know, it's, it, it, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to enjoy it if you're already critical of it right from the outset, you know? So that's, that, that, that's the whole thing, I think, with fans. I mean, I sit down, I watch Raw, I watch SmackDown, I watch NXT, I watch AEW. You know what I mean? And and I give it its time. There's some things I like. There's some things I don't like, right? Like you said, you know, there's some things that are for you. There's other things that are not for you. Even the things that are not for me, though, I can still look at the performer and, and respect if they do something well. You know what I mean? Because, again, to be able to play a certain character, even if it's not for you, and to do it well, that's a talent. You know? That's a true talent. Uh, Mad Cat Moss is a guy. I mean, I put him over a ton on this show. But, I mean, he's a guy that, like, they gave him that gimmick, and he made it work, and he did it well, and he looked the part, you know? Um, so, so guys like that, people like that, I think are really the best workers. 
and, and, and they're the people that, you know, you got to look at and you got to say, gee, I wonder why, like, they're getting time. Like, well, you might not like the gimmick, but they're getting time because they're good at what they do. So, uh, yeah, man, um, I, I, I think that, you know, we at least have that awareness. And I think we've also watched wrestling long enough to know, you know, that things change, that there's ups and downs and, you know, nothing really lasts forever. So, you know, that's, that's just, that's just the nature uh, of being a wrestling fan, I suppose. No, absolutely. And again, it's, it's something which, again, which brings us to last night on SmackDown and, Again, the rating isn't out for SmackDown, but let's be fair about it. Um, hey, as we talked about earlier d- discussing Vince, he came out, no soul what's going on um, from a business standpoint. Welcome the crowd, obviously. You know, to, to your point, he seemed very gracious last night, which you don't get to see that side of Vince when it comes to promos like that. He seemed very gracious to be thankful to the WWE Universe be there in Minneapolis again you know a little bit of a cheap pop okay fine not the first guy to do it won't be the last uh but Minneapolis is a marked town it's a wrestling town we've had a lot of legends come out of Minneapolis for God's sakes and it was a good card obviously you know we had Matt Cat Moss and Baron Co- and uh, Happy Corbin uh ultimately end their feud I think with last night's last laugh match um you know you had some other segments obviously Natty building up her feud against uh Ronda Rousey with the match coming up at, at Money in the Bank. Which, by the way, I, I, I gotta say this, man. You know what? You know, Ronda Rousey is still very uninspiring, and I get it. It's not all her fault. I think it's the way that she's being presented, but it's hard. You know, like Ronda Rousey again. Cornette and a few other people were like really roasting. You know, the promo recently that she had with Shotzi. I mean, oh, my God, you know, it's – I get it. It's not all on Ronda, but, my God, Pat, it's just – it's very uninspiring. And I get it. Natty's a professional. She's going to make Ronda look good. But, Jesus Christ, you, see, you watch that segment. It's like that's one match on the card coming up on Money in the Bank that I'm really not looking forward to. But last night's SmackDown, hey, a solid show, uh, the riddle – Roman Reigns match. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but let me tell you, great, great, great match. I think Riddle, you know, Michael Cole said it perfectly. Riddle arrived last night as a single star. Not to say he wasn't getting great or getting better every single week, but aside from the promos, which are solid, I mean, you want to talk about a match. It was believable. There were moments where you said, whoa, he's going to beat Roman. And that's what you want in storytelling. Absolutely, man. Uh, I've been a big fan of Matt for quite some time. I, I mean, even when he was on the Indies, you saw the potential of what it could be, you know, like what they could do and where he could go. Um, you know, on the Indies, he was a little bit more serious. Like, you know, his, his promos were, you know, he wasn't as goofy. He would just really talk smack like a fighter would. And um, I think that... I think that yesterday was absolutely that moment for him. Yeah, he definitely arrived yesterday, and, and, and it, was, it was special. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know a lot of fans are going to complain because, oh, well, you killed him, you know, and you bring in Brock right after and all this other stuff. But, nah, man, he's still going to be fresh in people's minds. He's a guy the fans are looking at now, and they're like, hey, he could take it to Roman. He could take it to the main eventers. Remember, people, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know what I mean? And sometimes some of the superstars that we've liked throughout the past have gone through their trials and tribulations so that when they get their big moment, it means more. 
So let's not let's not completely kill the booking of, of, of what went on there and let's appreciate the moment that, that there was yesterday between two spectacular performers. No, absolutely. And which brings again, I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, last night, right after Rain beat him, and you know, it was clean. It wasn't like, oh, he needed the Usos or anything. Okay, you know, it keeps Roman strong. Let's be let's be fair. This does nothing to kill Riddle. It doesn't. It keeps him strong. He you know held his own with the with the, with the undisputed you know WWE Universal Champion. Okay, you know I'm sure Riddle down the line is going to get other title shots. But what was interesting, obviously, it's Minneapolis. Lesnar came out. He's a Minneapolis boy, graduate from the University of Minnesota, right? Obviously, fans went nuts. And immediately, as soon as SmackDown went off the air, as I was watching Rampage uh, before I had now, and all I know is I decided to say, hey, what's the problem? And, and this was my logic. And I got I mean, I, I don't go by the amount of likes that my comments get. I don't go by that. That's not what I do it for. I do it for the fact of, like, I just feel I need to insert an opinion. And I simply wrote, what's the problem? It gets a pop. It draws gate. It's going to fill a stadium. Um, it's lucrative. What's the big deal? Did anybody have a problem with Undertaker versus Austin from 1997 up until 2001? Because let's be honest, they feuded multiple times during those, during those years. Uh, did anybody have a problem with Rocky versus Austin from 1997 to 2003? Once again, multiple times that they headlined a pay-per-view, multiple times that they feuded. What's the problem, Pat? Not with you. I mean, generically, to Marks out there. What's the I, problem? I, with I don't see anybody complaining. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, no, no, no. I don't see anybody complaining about uh, Flair and Steamboat. You know what I'm saying? I don't see anybody complaining about that. That's a great rivalry. You know, I, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I just, I don't understand, like, why people complain about this. Oh, God, it seems, I mean, Brock is a big star. He's legitimate. We don't even know where this is going to go. Yeah, you know, it seems like it might be him and Roman. But, I mean, we don't know. It can end up being him and Riddle. You know what I mean? Well, There's a lot of different ways to go. Well, it was announced overnight that it will be him and Reigns at SummerSlam in Nashville. That was announced officially. So, um... That's it. Kind of makes you wonder, right? Where Marks all of a sudden get very triggered and say, "Oh, this is Vince panicking. There's no Cody. There's no Orton. Uh, this is what he has to recycle." Um, well, let's be fair. It's smart. If that's I'm, I'm, the I'm sorry, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that main event. Thank you for correcting me on that. I didn't see that uh, on on uh, the Brock Roman uh, Thunderstorm main event. Yeah, it was so. 
again, and what, what does that do? It triggers Marks into saying, oh, well, there, there goes Vince panicking. Like, he doesn't have Cody. Uh, Edge is out. Um, you know, uh, Orton apparently isn't available. So he's just got to recycle. No, let's be honest, Pat. And again, I have this on good information from friends of mine that live in Nashville. Okay, wrestling fans that I know and I trust have told me, hey, ticket sales aren't great right now for Nashville. Listen, Nissan Stadium's a nice stadium, you know, home of the NFL's Tennessee Titans. Right now, again, there are a lot of variables why maybe wrestling fans aren't breaking down the doors to buy tickets. Hey, again, people are still struggling financially, right? Um, you know, gas is more expensive, groceries are more expensive. Sorry, sorry, that's, that's, that's for Monday, I'm sorry. Um, but maybe people mm-hmm. don't have that disposable income when it comes to, to shows. Let's see. But if you want to fill that stadium in Nashville come SummerSlam at the end of July – well, let's be honest, this is going to do it. Not to say that the other plans that were announced, right, supposedly Orton versus Reigns, again, that was still out of stadium too, in my opinion, I think, because it's compelling. But, hey, yeah. if, that's the hand that, if that's the hand that Vince is being dealt, where Orton won't be available, or maybe, you know, they're leaving McIntyre until they go to Wales in September, well, yeah. hey, it's, it's, it still draws gate. People are still going to watch. I'm sorry. Again, people don't have a problem with these feuds that have lasted for years. I don't think it's going to kill anybody to see Roman versus Lesnar. Now, the compelling thing for me is how do you book this? Is it just, you know, do you separate the titles again? Or is it just, again, for the undisputed WWE Universal title? Does this prompt a, you know, splitting up the belt since the draft is coming up in September? I think there are a lot of ways you can go here. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton of different ways that they can do it, you know, and that's going to be the interesting thing because I think they're going to end up having the brand split in September anyway. So, um, I don't know. It depends. I mean, you know, honestly, if I were them, I would just, I would do it where, you know, I'd, I'd put it on Drew. You could put it on Drew. I think that would be good for Drew, you know, and that would kind of propel Drew back into the main event. But again, that's just me. What I think is actually going to happen is, is Roman's going to retain until it's going to Rocky. Um, Regardless, you know, I, I feel like, you know, that would be a good way to shoot an angle with, with, with somebody there. But SummerSlam, is, it, they're, they're really going hard with the star power, you can tell. Uh, bringing Brock back, you know, for the Randy, uh, the Randy Audible. And, um, you know, bringing Cena back to Theory. And then, you know, having Edge taking on Finn or probably the Demon. You know, that's, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be good. Um, but as far as the titles go, I don't know, man. There's just there's a bunch of different ways you could really spin it uh, with what they want to do. I think ultimately they're going to have to split them. They're just going to have to, because I mean, what's what, what's the point of unifying them? You know, like or you know, like what's what's the point of, of keeping them unified? Like what? Like is Roman going to be on every show? No, he's going to be a part timer. So you kind of would need a second champion at least. You would, you kind of would, but. You know, again, that's more important to the fans. Like, you know, I, that's that's not the issue. There's some guys that don't need a title to be important. Um, no, I, but I, absolutely, absolutely. I, 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 mean, I, I don't know how they're going to split it, but I, but I would assume that they're going to split the titles. They have to. No, no, absolutely. And I think it'll be interesting in the weeks leading up to this because you know the the, the you know the promos will be compelling. You know, you can easily come back on SmackDown next week and, and Heyman and let Reigns can be like, I already beat your ass. Like, well, I don't need to fight you again. I'm done with you. And who knows? Lesnar can just race havoc. I mean, it's still compelling. 
I mean, the pop that he got when he came out, it was crazy. You know, he laid out the Usos again. He laid out Roman again. I mean, listen, it draws, it draws a pop. It's going to draw a gate. And again, I'm not saying this in the form of a hater. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying it because it's legit. People can look it up, folks. So, you know, don't take our word for it, which, I mean, you should anyway. But look, look it up yourselves. It's not sold out yet for SummerSlam, okay? It's, it's yeah. a nice ballpark. You know, but if you want to fill it, or at least you want to make sure you come close to filling that stadium, uh, you know, if you can't have Orton, and obviously you're not going to push Riddle, obviously again for another title shot, and other people right now maybe are in other feuds, this is the best alternative. You know, it's not Vince, you know, panicking or recycling. It's Vince going with what's going to make money. And again, as I said before, you know, between 1997 and 2001, there were multiple times Taker, Feuded with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and nobody complained. Whether it was in 1997, right after Undertaker beat Psycho Sip for the title at the, at the next month in your house, or in '98 leading up to SummerSlam, or in '99 the first blood that fully looked like Pat. Nobody ca- nobody cared. Nobody complained that this feud was was going back again. Nobody cared that Rocky and Austin oh. were feuding for six years off and on. Like nobody cared about that. Nobody cared that Sting and Flair for years. I mean, if not more than a decade, we're feuding off and on. So I just think it's wrestling fans being fickle. But what else is new when it comes to Marks? Yep, absolutely. Uh, are, are we going to talk about Jeff? Uh, sure, you know, actually, that was going to be my next thing here on the list. Absolutely, yeah. That was, that was going to be my next thing. Oh, okay, okay. I, take, I, take, I didn't know away. if we were going to cover it or not. No, 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 no. I, I, I just, uh, I just wanted to just talk about how unfortunate it was. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't particularly know the specifics. I know he got pulled over for DUI, um, and he, he was intoxicated, correct? It was alcohol. Uh, he had a point two eight blood alcohol level, which, in the state of Florida, legal legal intoxication is constituted at point zero eight. So we're talking about almost three times the legal limit here. Yeah, yeah, and and he didn't pass the field sobriety test, did he? He did not. No, according to body cam footage, I think just came out this week. Um, he did not pass it. Now, again, the breathalyzer, as we all know, um, those are devices that if they're not calibrated correctly by municipalities, that's what attorneys use. Uh, it's that you know legal precedent that they use to get those results thrown out. But even if you get a breathalyzer result thrown out in court it doesn't negate the fact that when you look at the body cam footage, because again, you know, the importance of body cams on police officers, I think now more than ever is very important for accountability and transparency. It's hard for an attorney to argue that the field sobriety test, when you look at it from the footage available to us, that Jeff Hardy wasn't impaired. He was slurring reports say here that he was swerving in and out of the road, out of the double, the the, uh, double lines on, on the road. Um, Listen, Jeff is lucky he didn't kill someone or himself. It, it, it's an unfortunate incident for Jeff Hardy. It uh, prompted Tony Khan to suspend him indefinitely, put out a statement this week, right before Dynamite, as obviously a lot of fans were looking forward to the trip, what was supposed to be a triple threat ladder match for the AEW World Tag Titles between Jurassic Express, the Young Bucks, and the Hardys. That turned out not to be the case. Uh, Tony Khan said on, on record in a press release he is suspending Jeff Hardy indefinitely pending completion of a treatment program and ongoing sobriety. So it seems like Jeff is going to be off TV for quite a while. 
He's going to have to make sure that if he wants to keep being employed by AEW because he's suspended without pay, that he maintains sobriety. This is an ongoing problem for Jeff Hardy, Pat, and it's tragic because this could have a very bad ending very soon. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sad. It's just really, really sad um, because I think for a generation of kids, Jeff was a really big hero to them. Uh, Jeff was a big star of those ladder matches, uh, those iconic Attitude Era ladder matches with the Dudley Boys and Edge and Christian. Um, I mean, you know, everything that he's been able to do, everything he's been able to accomplish, and, you know, tragically, it's like it, it always kind of goes back to that. Um, you know, when he got released from WWE, everybody wanted to vilify WWE immediately, especially when they asked him to go to rehab, and he refused, right? And, uh, you know, at the time, if you looked at Jeff, you could kind of just tell something wasn't right with him. Like, he just wasn't moving right. He was just beat up. And, and, and here's the thing that people forget. You know, he's, he's a human being. There's a person. <laughs> it's flesh and bones, you know? And this guy, for the better part of 20-some-odd years, has been throwing himself off of ladders for our enjoyment, putting himself through tables, putting himself at great risk for our entertainment. And unfortunately, I think those decisions, that style, have caught up with him. Uh, and, you know, I think that Jeff has to medicate to be able to get by has to medicate to, to, to just do the day-to-day things I think that we all take for granted because he's probably that beat up. And unfortunately, he's had a lot of issues in the past, and I think that because of that, he still has to work a lot now. But it's, it's, it's really sad. And, and I, you know, Jeff is a great success story, but he's also a cautionary tale to, to a lot of people out there. And uh, I'm honestly very sad to see that because uh, I met Jeff Hardy when I was very young and he was very cool to me and to everybody else. And he was a really nice guy. And uh, I remembered that, you know, um, you know, it's, it, it's a shame. And I really hope that, that Jeff gets help. And uh, I hope that AEW takes some accountability too, because they knew that Jeff had a problem. And, you know, when Jeff came back uh, negative on the, uh, on, on the drug test and everything else, you know, uh, and, and, you know, they kind of were like, you know, thumbing their nose at WWE. Like, you immediately started putting Jeff in these crazy high spot matches where Jeff is beating himself up even more. And mind you, he was beat up in WWE where the style is a lot less demanding than what AEW wanted him to do and what AEW was having him do. So what makes you think that he's not going to be even more beat up after throwing himself off a beam on through, you know, a bunch of tables and doing all this crazy stuff again, like if he's 20 years old, you know, it was going to catch up to him sooner or later. And uh, I think, I think AEW should have known better. I think AEW was also in a position where they needed another star, a mainstream star, and they had to bring him in. But I think they could have used a little bit of uh, better judgment in bringing Jeff in and, uh, at the end of the day, I just I, I hope that Jeff gets the help that he needs, and I hope that you know maybe he steps away from wrestling or finds you know something else to do in wrestling because if it's going to cost him his health, you know if it could potentially cost him his life, I don't think it's worth it for him to to wrestle anymore. I really don't. 
I was about to say, yeah, and it's tragic because you saw this coming, and to your point about Jeff, I mean, there was just really unnecessary bumps he was taking for weeks now since coming to AEW, whether it was that match with Darby Allen, whether it was the, the, the six-man match, you know, the Hardys and Sting, I'm sorry, Sting, Darby, and, and, and Darby Allen, and, and I think Matt, too, in that match where he jumped off like the almost like the roof of a building inside onto a table. It was just crazy what he was putting himself through. So I hope he gets the help he, you know, that he really, really needs because we don't need another tragic story. You know, we've grown up with a lot of our favorites dying young, whether it was because of substance abuse, yeah. other things. We don't need to add Jeff Hardy to that list. And it's a miracle. He's, let's be honest. I, I'm not saying this to be facetious. It's a miracle he's still alive considering what he's put his body through and what he's consumed. But let's, let's hope this has a good ending. Uh, folks, uh, this week's uh, topic that we very much look forward to bringing you every single week and some of the more thought-provoking um, subject matter that I think a lot of the shows don't cover. And we're going to do something this week that I think is going to raise some eyebrows and get you thinking. But very simply, we're going to present the case conclusively and unequivocally why we love Vince McMahon. And I'm going to let Pat that lead off here on this one because I know Pat has a lot to say about his affinity for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Um, well, I mean, where do I really begin? Um, I mean, Vince had a pretty rough life growing up, you know, uh, he was living with his mom, I believe in a trailer in North Carolina, you know, he was beat up by like a stepdad. Uh, you know, he went through a lot of stuff, really came from nothing ended up going to New York, met his father, learned about the business, and just started doing everything. I mean, Vince did ring crew. Vince was a ticket taker. Vince was an announcer. Vince was a timekeeper. Vince was a referee at one point. Vince did everything. Vince paid his dues. Um, and he learned a lot under his father and the tutelage of a lot of other guys, like the Grand Wizard, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, who else was back there back then? Uh, he had a uh, classy Freddie Blassie, you know, Lou Albano, uh, you know, Billy Graham. You know, he was learning from a lot of different old timers, you know, and he, he really took on the business. And I think he really grew to understand the business. But I think Vince, the the, the biggest thing and the, and, the, and the best thing about Vince is that Vince is very adaptable over time. And Vince, um, Vince is able to keep up with what, the times are, are, are kind of, you know, demanding. Um, again, I know a lot of people complain about the product now, and that's fine, but the people that complain about the product now have to understand that Vince is done with you. He's done with you. He's made all the money that he's needed to make, make off you. All his magic, it's worked on you. Sometimes the magic still works on you, you know. Sometimes it still does. And the fact that you're still talking about it means the magic's still working on you. But... You know, there's a lot of people that, that I think hate Vince because, you know, they're upset that the wrestling isn't what it was when they were younger. But the business changed, so you got to get over it. You either got to, like, continue to watch it or, you know, just stop watching it then if you don't like it. Watch what you like, you know. But it's, it's, it's crazy, and, it's, and like I said, I've seen a lot of crazy things online about Vince. The things people say, wishing death upon him. Like, I mean, it's fucking bananas, bananas. Um, but I, I also, I also accept Vince for what he is. He's a wrestling promoter. That's what he is. He's a wrestling promoter. And I've been 
around a, a good amount of wrestling promoters in my young years, you know. Um, I, I've been around a good amount of wrestling promoters as I got older, too, and I'm still friends with a lot of those wrestling promoters uh, and bookers. Um, and they're all interesting people, but they have a job to do, and not everybody's going to like it, you know. Um, and not everybody's going to like the decision who's, you know, working on those shows. And not everybody's going to like the decision who's watching those shows. But there's a reason behind it all. And at the end, when there's a big payoff, you get it. And you go, oh, I got it. And now I know why this is, this is great. Now, now, now I'm, I, I get it. The wait was worth it. I enjoyed this. Uh, and I just think that nowadays, like, fans just don't have that patience anymore. And they and and they don't they don't really get it you know what I mean they don't really understand and I think Vince uh, I think what makes Vince great is that Vince just is still able to do that he's still able to hook people even if it's bad he's still able to hook you because he knows what to do he gets it he understands it and, and again I'm a big Vince fan because of where he came from what he did the dues he's paid and what he's been able to do and how he's been able to monetize and change the business. And I can say it, and, you know, I'm sure you'll agree with this, but without Vince McMahon, there is no wrestling business now. There isn't. You know what I mean? There really isn't. Because if he didn't do what he did in the 80s, who knows what would have become a wrestling. If WrestleMania didn't work, if Hulkamania didn't work, if they didn't get Cindy Lauper involved, if Roddy Piper wasn't a hot heel, if none of that happened, we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. We'd probably be talking about, you know, curling or, uh, you know, chess, you know, real exciting stuff. So, hey, 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 is, hey, is, hey, is really... I love chess. Hey, I love chess. I, okay. I'm a, uh, all right. Hey, all right. All right. Well, I, I love, I love curling. I love curling. All right. It's, it's been documented on this podcast that I love curling. Um, but Vince, like I said, is, is, is the reason why we have wrestling now. And why we'll have wrestling then and forever. <laughs> and, you know, all throughout the end of time because of the things that he's done. And I think that we could learn a lot from Vince, you know. And I think that we could also, I think we could also understand, too, that Vince is a human being and he's going to make stupid mistakes. Um, so, yeah, just don't take it so personal, people. It's not like he owes you money or anything. You know, like, relax for all you people out there that are, like, really mad at Vince. Let it go, man. Let it go. Stop watching. It's a toxic relationship. You can end it any time you want. It certainly is. I think you said it beautifully. I think, again, fans are just emotional cutters when it comes to Vince. And, listen, I think every point you raised was solid. You hit it out of the ballpark, as usual here on the show. And I got to tell you that, you know, Here's a different perspective I think that a lot of fans don't realize that, you know, we grow up watching wrestling since we're very young. I know I am. I first started watching wrestling 
1984, okay? And I remember watching Hulk Hogan defeat the Iron Sheik, watching that show when Hulkamania was born in Madison Square Garden, okay? Irrespective of what we think about Terry Bollea, the human being, right, because we've all learned about him, okay? That day changed for a lot of pro wrestling fans that got us into pro wrestling. What Vince did was get mainstream attention onto the product. WrestleMania one in Madison Square Garden, Billy Martin, former manager of the New York Yankees, uh, Liberace, having Muhammad Ali participate, you know, God rest his soul, at a time when he was still physically able to and was healthy, uh, getting celebrities, right? WrestleMania became like this star-studded affair every year, and it got us interested in wrestling. Now, again, as a wrestling fan, I was also watching the NWA at that time. I still loved watching it. I was watching the AWA. I was watching world-class championship wrestling, you know, and, but as those territories subsided and Vince, again, just became the king of the mountain, I mean, what we have in our closets today, a lot of the T-shirts we have, a lot of the, let's be honest, any VHS tapes that we have in our collections, any DVDs that we have, I mean, aside from me, who still has some NWA and Impact stuff, I venture to guess anybody who has VHS and DVDs stored away somewhere, it's all WWF slash WWE. So a lot of our childhood is predicated on Vince entertaining us. And I think people forget that because now as adults, we become more fickle and we've read more about the business. Documentaries have exposed things. Podcasts have shed light on issues that we didn't know about, backstage stuff, whatever. Vince, listen, for a better part of 40 years, folks, I'll make the case that Vince McMahon is the most creative and successful, consistently successful businessman in not just North America, but globally. Take that hot shot right there, folks. And it's hard to convince me otherwise. Maybe another billionaire who's consistently been successful and creatively consistent for 40 years. Uh, don't, folks, don't give me Bill Gates. Folks, don't give me this guy or that guy. They've had, they've had periods. But for 40 years, I'll make the case Vince McMahon has been the most successful and most creatively consistent billionaire in the history of business. Where am I wrong, Pat? Dude, you're not wrong at all. You're not wrong at all. And I think that this is something that people need to, like, face, man, like, especially Marks, like, because you talk to any any garden variety Mark, and they're going to tell you about their disdain for Vince, how Vince doesn't know this, how Vince doesn't know that. Yeah, Vince is making record profits, you know? It, it, it's Again, it's people need to understand that if you feel that way about the product, it's because it's no longer for you. It's no longer for you. He's done with you. He's made, Vince has made so much money between you and I that it's ridiculous. Between ticket sales, between pay-per-view back in the day, between, um, you know, merchandise, you know, I mean, tons and tons of stuff throughout the years. Think about every wrestling show you've ever been to, every WWF, WWE wrestling show you've ever been to. You know what I mean? Vince has made a lot of money off of us. And now Vince is coming for me and my children. <laughs> so, you know, and my kids are fans which is cool because it's cool. It's our thing, you know, but the product has changed. The time has changed. People watch TV differently. I mean, people, for, for the most part, I don't think people realize it, but like 
a lot of young kids watch wrestling on YouTube and on Twitter and on, on Instagram. They watch clips. Oh, yeah. They don't watch the Absolutely. full program. You know what I mean? Because, because that's, that's just what works for them. But they're invested in those clips and that data. That accounts for a lot. Because that goes, that goes global. You know what I mean? So Vince, I think more than any other promoter, has been able to be more innovative and has been able to find different ways to be able to get his product to more people. And that right there, I think, is just it, – it, it, it really sums him up, and it sums up the, the ingenuity that's in the brain of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh, no, absolutely. And listen, again, it, and it goes back to the tribalism that we talk about. Listen, I am as big an NFL fan as you know. Obviously, I love MLB. I love my Yankees. I love my Cowboys. But I hate the commissioners that oversee those, those companies. Believe me, I could pick six different things of the Final Destination franchise that I'd love to see happen to Roger Goodell because my disdain for that man is that high. But guess what? I still watch the NFL. I don't allow my disdain for, for Roger Goodell to supersede my fandom. I'm like, okay, well, I hate this guy. He's not going anywhere. What can I do? I'm going to keep watching the NFL. I'll keep watching my Cowboys. Same thing with MLB. I hate Rob Manfred. I think he's an atrocious commissioner. But it doesn't supersede the fact that I'm still going to watch my Yankees, my, our first place in New York Yankees, by the way, folks, every single week. So I think right. we have to – I think that fans have to be able to separate their disdain for the authority figure that oversees a specific product and just enjoy the product for what it is. And I think for some reason wrestling fans can't do that because I, I'll bet you anything that wrestling fans are probably sports fans like you and I, and we have our teams that we like. Yeah. But but I don't think that for whatever reason I mean I'm different I mean but you know you ask a, rag, a random NFL fan they're gonna root for their team they may not like some things about the NFL but there's there isn't this deep seated hatred for Roger Goodell well at least well I think there is I think it's maybe a, a small a, a, you know maybe a minority that isn't loud enough yet but you know why aren't people killing Roger Goodell every week online well they do on social media sometimes but like. You know, you're still watching the product. And arguably, the NFL is the most successful, most watched sports organization slash company in North America. And nobody, you know, yeah. no one's really boycotting or outside seeing say, oh, we hate Roger Goodell. I wish they did because I despise Roger Goodell with, like, the passion of a thousand sons. But it's not going to stop me from watching the NFL. I just find it funny that wrestling fans – can somehow separate their fandom and really, really hate Vince, but don't apply that when it comes to, and let's be honest, like those commissioners, they've done more harm to their product, or at least into some of the decisions they've made, they've done more harm to people than Vince McMahon has per se, but fans can't separate the two. It, it's fascinating to me. Uh, you know, would you, would you think that maybe it's because of the emotional connection that the fans have with the characters do you think that maybe because the emotional connection is so strong with these characters that Vince has created and some, uh, some perceived wrong by Vince, uh, you know, is major because of their, their affinity for this character, and maybe they're not as emotionally invested in their sports team as, let's say, they are in that character? Maybe, maybe that's what it is. And if anything, if that's the case, then that's a testament to Vince's genius that he's been able to hook you into this character so much that you hate him because he wronged them. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's genius. I mean, look, has he wronged some people? Yeah, I'm sure he has. He's a wrestling promoter. He's a wrestling promoter. It's a greasy well, Pat, business, people. Well, well, you know? well, Pat, let's, well, Pat, let's be fair. I mean, 
he has. I mean, it's been documented. Yeah, there's always two sides to every story, but he has. But to your point, yeah, you're absolutely correct. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't know so much about what's been documented. I mean, like the screw job, I don't think he did anything wrong there, Vince. I think Vince did what he had to do for his company, but that's a whole other conversation for a whole other time. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's just like, I think that the fans are so like, they're so visceral with their hatred of Vince because I think they're just so emotionally invested in those characters. You know, like, they really, really resonate with people. I mean, like, Bret Hart, right, for example, Bret Hart is a guy that has a huge, huge fan base. Huge fan base. Most of them wrestle in AEW, you know. He, he, he's got a big, big fan, and they're passionate, and they love Bret. And what do they all have in common? They all hate Vince, because Vince screwed Bret, right? That's big. That's big. That's big-time passion. People will travel for thousands of miles to see Bret Hart. You know what I'm saying? That's big. That's really, really big. And they'll buy every little gimmick, every nook and cranny. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think people are a lot more critical of Vince, and they're, they're a lot more visceral with their hatred towards Vince because of the emotional investment that they've had with these characters that they perceive to have uh, been wronged by Vince. I, I, I would argue that. No, absolutely. And I think that, listen, fans, marks, casuals are always going to have an opinion about Vince McMahon. He's perhaps the most polarizing guy in entertainment, even beyond John Cena, even beyond anybody else, beyond anybody in pop culture, Bro. I think Vince McMahon, I would argue, Bro. is the most polarizing person. He's he's up there with Trump. He's up there with Trump. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, up there with yeah, Trump. Absolutely. Trump, yeah. Trump is a very polarizing character. Very. You either love him or you hate him. That's it. That's yeah, it. And there's, no middle, shit with Vince. there's no middle ground when it comes to Mr. McMahon. It's almost like... It's almost like when you when you look at sports franchises like the Yankees, the Cowboys, the Lakers, Notre Dame football. I hate to break it to you, there's no the middle 49ers. ground. You love them, the Forty Niners, the Forty Niners, the Forty Niners. You either love them or you hate them. There's no middle ground. You know, there's no apathy. Yeah. It's either you like them or you don't. You know, but that's folks. That is what I would argue the legacy of Vincent K. McMahon. Uh, folks, before we sign off here this week, always remember. Shoot us an email, workingthemarks at gmail.com. We love getting emails. Don't forget to always follow us on Instagram at working underscore the underscore marks. Follow us on Twitter at working underscore marks. Check us out also on our own Instagrams at Paddy Reacon, P-A-D-D-Y-R-I-C-A-N. And, of course, at no filter, Uribe, U-R-I-B-E. Uh, Pat, before we sign off this week, uh, what's on your thoughts here as we close out here? And uh, what are you looking forward to? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to kind of piggyback off the main topic. Folks, give Vince his flowers now. Appreciate what Vince has done. Appreciate the stuff that he's created that has entertained you for years. Because when he's gone, he's gone. He's not coming back. It's not going to be like the way it was. So enjoy Vince McMahon while you can. Enjoy the, the product <laughs> under his eye, uh, you know, uh, and and just really just just take the time to, to to be thankful that you have grown up watching 
the stuff, the stuff that Vince McMahon has created. Give him his flowers now, people, because one day when he's gone, you're going to see all the phony baloney, thank you, Vince, hashtags, you know, uh, thanks for the memories, RIP Vince, Vince forever, all this other shit. But these are the people that were roasting him the most. So appreciate what you got before it's gone, people. Uh, and, yeah, that's pretty much it. Check out The Child uh, Actors. Uh, we're going to be playing the rest of the summer. You can find us at The Child Actors on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, man, just just great to be here, man, and uh, look forward to the next episode. Absolutely. Again, folks, speaking of the next episode next week, we will uh, be on blogtalkradio.com slash working the marks. We'll have a, a pretty good preview of, of Forbidden Door, the week's news, anything really that's popping in the world of pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. Uh, what I'm looking forward to, Pat, and uh, tomorrow night at the Nashville Fairgrounds in good old Nashville, Tennessee, is the 20th anniversary of Impact Wrestling with their pay-per-view anniversary. Yes, folks, 20 years of Impact Wrestling. Start off as NWA TNA and then TNA Wrestling and now Impact Wrestling. Hey, it may not get much of a rating. It may actually be close to AEW's ratings lately, but a great pay-per-view tomorrow night at the Nashville Fairgrounds, really in the headquarters of, of, of Impact Wrestling. A great, great card tomorrow. Nine great matches, 8 p.m. start time, and uh, catch it on Fight TV, and uh, some good matches, obviously. Josh Alexander versus Eregan for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. We got the Monsters Ball match, the Knockouts Tag Team Champions, the Women's Queen of the Mountain match. We got the Briscoes defending against the Good Brothers. Folks, a good card tomorrow night. And I'll be honest, folks, it's good wrestling compared to some of the wrestling we see on Wednesday night. So for a company that, hear what you want, they've lasted 20 years. Yeah, they'll never be WWE. They'll never get that big advertiser. They'll never get that big channel to be on. But guess what? Kudos to them for being around for 20 years in, in, in the world wow. of professional wrestling. Pat. Wow. Wow. Man, unbelievable. That was amazing, dude. Did you rehearse that? Impact, if you're listening to this show, hire this guy. Get him on your PR team. That was amazing. That was amazing. Honestly, people, give it up. Wow. I'm putting you over. And it's documented. You hear that? That's a pop. Oh, wow. my God. Woo. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something, folks. You know, you got to love you gotta love PBR. But, uh, folks, that's our show for this week here. Once again, check out all of our episodes here at www.blogtalkradio.com slash working the mark. Sharing is caring, ladies and gentlemen. It takes two seconds. Just click the share button. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on your Instagram. Put it on your Twitter. My God, just, you know, share it. And, you know, it goes a long way in helping to support this great program that, let's be honest, this is our 15th episode in only a few months, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know what? I mean, hey, this is a show that's growing this is a show that, and by the way, a shout-out to our good buddy, David Gregory Karsh, who plugs our episodes, who's doing a great job. Be rotten, be rotten, man. That, that's you right. You keep throwing people's government out there, bro. <laughs> Stop throwing people's government out there. Uh, you, know, plug, you know, plugging our, uh, our show on different platforms, so God bless him. And, folks, you know, listen, we, we love you all. We thank you for tuning in here. Uh, very happy Father's Day to all you dads out there, Pat. To you, happy Father's Day to you. You're one of the most admirable fathers that uh, I know, doing an exceptional job Thank raising you. two wonderful children. Uh, certainly doing, you know, an amazing job as a dad. 
you know, making sure they eat healthy, that they live healthy. You know, I'm a little concerned when it comes to helping them with their U.S. history homework, but that's a, that's a, that's a topic for another day. Uh, as they get older, you know, like, but, you know, try to pass them on to Uncle Fernando so he can, Uncle Fernando can help them with their homework as they get older with U.S. history. So Uncle Fernando's happy to do that. Hey, I, I, but, uh, can, we, can we also wish a uh, happy Father's Day to the deadbeat dads out there, too? I think, I think it's, you know, we should take a moment to wish happy Father's Day to the deadbeat dads. All right? There Thank you, you go. That's dads. right. All those guys that uh, owe arrears on their child support, that they're, they've somehow avoided being garnished. But, again, folks, in all seriousness, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to my dad and my uncle and all the dads out there. You do wonderful things in helping raise some amazing people, and uh, we're thankful to you. Uh, and to all of you out there, not being able to celebrate with your dads, God bless you. You know, uh, our thoughts are with you, and uh, enjoy the weekend the best you can. Good weather up here in the Northeast, right here in the New York, New Jersey area. Folks, he is, he, he is the PR superstar, Patrick Rivera. I am New Jersey's premier wrestling journalist, the professor, Fernando Uribe. And every single week here on Block Talk Radio, you know what we're doing? We're always working the marks. We'll see you next week here, folks, on Block Talk Radio. And as always, let's keep on talking. Famcast Media.